welcome welcome to living the authentic life i'm so excited for our guest today that i can't even speak and we haven't started drinking champagne yet not yet yes you might stay tuned for a lot of pictures later they could be fun we are dressed for hats in the park it's one of our favorite events to get together with girlfriends and go dress up and wear hats like ladies and old timey vintage days. I agree. I think it's perfect and I honestly thought you woke up like this every day. Oh yes, Rob can attest <laughs> to that. So Allie Shell Van K Von Kulwick. Van Kolvik and I'm probably gonna get tortured because I don't Van even Kulvike. say it right. Van Kolvik. Van Kolvik. Badass. We'll just Thank call you. her Allie Shell Badass. But your husband is such an amazing man. I do love him, but we call him what? Pink Pink Stripes. Pink Stripes. I think that's so funny. So you're a wife, a mom, and most known around the city of Houston and around the country as the managing director of Neil Hamill Modeling Agency. Yes. And the it seems like from everything I read that you sent me, your most important and beloved title is mother and wife. For sure. I mean, that's how it all friend. started. Yes. Yeah. And as a mother, wife, and friend, I also loved reading what you wrote about the biggest challenge in our day is balance and how to balance that desire to give to our families and that desire to also fuel our businesses and keep it going. And I had a 22 year career with my family business and then left and started the Vintage Contessa with my husband. So I guess I'm still in a family business. For sure, which is not easy. It is not, and it's the people you trust the most, but also the people that you can be the most the, open. The most creative. open, vulnerable, creative, but also the most intense relationships. Just makes it better. It's better, it's harder, it's more complicated, but it's it's all for the good of the family. And I love too that you live on a compound and your dad is yes. like next door to you. We live in the Heights and we have uh, two houses on our property and we have three chickens, three dogs, three kids which are comparable to <laughs> small dogs and my oldest child being my husband also known as Pink Stripes. But it's a lot of fun and it's rewarding and I'm so thankful and appreciative and it's funny you talk about business and family. One thing that is most important to me is it keeps everything communicating because sometimes in marriage you get lost and you stop talking but also when you have business it's like you're talking full speed non-stop all the Every time day, all and it day. keeps you communicating and growing it when does. it's least expected and it's most needed. <laughs> oh my god well yeah. now being a model I think Forever, young girls would say, oh, I want to grow up and be in magazines. And then it was, I want to be on the runway. And now it's, these models aren't just having careers, but they also have become influencers. For and sure. we're looking at their Instagram accounts when you're booking them and how many people they affect. And um, was it America's Top Model that sort of translated? I mean, for us, it was like 
pawn stars that made it yeah. cool to buy pre-owned. People became fascinated. But it opened people... the world to the modeling industry and the positive side of it, as well as the hard work that goes into it. I mean, just like any industry, you have to have a really hard work ethic, and that kind of showcased it in a positive light. So it kind of opened the doors, put a positive spin, and encourages more people to try it because it's not just about the five foot ten girl anymore. Anyone can do it. It's all Thanks about personality. Yes. All about personality and, and sharing a positive, different shapes, skin colors, positive I, message. And I love things even that are not girl, perfect. Yes, that has the um, the skin pigmentation, yeah. and she's just so beautiful, and that we can finally acknowledge that as beauty. And I think for so long we looked to magazines to tell us what was beautiful. And I love that we're now able to see beauty in different ways. For sure. It shines a light where it's been needed for a very long time. And it's giving people a different, you know, kind of hope, saying, I don't have to cover up. I don't have to hide my ears. I can look to my flaws and my blemishes yes. and find the good in it. Exactly. It used to be like the gap in yeah. the teeth. Who was that that was well, There's uh, a model Lauren named Hutton. Tonga, Laura Hutton, and a few she others. Was one my of daughter, Hala. Oh, she, ha okay. she has it. And I watched one of her modeling runway debuts. Yes, Saks yes, Fifth Avenue and that cracker show with our dear, dear friends, Lenny and Tamara. It was a lot of fun. Ah, and I mean, she seemed to enjoy being in that space. Yes, <laughs> modeling went very high up on her nine-year-old resume. As like now when she says, because it's very important to talk about yourself and not in a negative way, but things that are important to you skills, uh, hobbies, things like that. Uh -huh. But now from gymnastics and chickens, it's gone from I'm a model to <laughs> I'm practicing acting and I'm learning this. And I'm like, all right, girl, now go clean the chicken coop. Exactly. <laughs> and um, there is something to this. I was talking to some friends in Colorado over spring break and one of my girlfriends grew up on a sugar beet farm. And we talked about how kids from farms and kids that have to take care of a life other than their own have this incredible work ethic. Are you seeing that? Well, I'm maybe as a young kid. I mean, because I'm still, I feel like Bella has a great work ethic, but I still have to get mad at her because she doesn't make her bed. Okay, I'm there with you and with Bella. Um, you know, I think it's really important to make the bed every day, uh, but my kids don't have that in them yet. Um, but it's slowly coming. But they're still young. They're very young. They're five, seven, and nine. So yes. the fact that they can't clean the house from top to bottom, I mean, I shame them every day. But <laughs> it's, it is what it is. But no, they're good kids, and they play outside. They don't have a lot of screens, and they love their parents. And every day, one of them t so, tells us something nice. So I don't, I can't complain. Aww. I'm full. My glass is full. I love that. Okay, so the other interesting thing I did not know, because I was, um, I knew your mom, but really mostly through Facebook. And she and I connected on that because she was fierce on Facebook. She was the queen. Yes, and she loved to reach out to people and tell you what she thought. Thank God she liked me because I don't, because I know she told Thank people she when she me. didn't care for what they liked. Yeah. But um, that she, your dad was successful in business and she, he bought the modeling agency as an outlet for her. I thought that was fascinating. Yeah. And that's kind of the way the old school things happen is you could go the in mom and pop shop. Yeah. You just go in and buy it. What I'm finding out now is so many people that are really successful maybe had it as a side hustle and then it became their full time thing. But I love that you said you grew up like on the runway. Like it was 
it was you were on the runway or you were at a fire hydrant? Is that My father is in the oil and gas industry still for over 45 years, almost 50. Uh -huh. He builds fire pumps for the offshore rigs. So I grew up going there on the weekends and watching the test pits of these machines of 200,000 pounds being dropped into a water thing and me being splashed, you know. And then my mom would take me to her office in 1993 and later, and it would be runways and fashion shows and meeting Oscar de la Renta and Louboutin. And so it's very different, you know, during the weekends kicking up dirt in the oil field with my dad and weekdays with my mom on the runways and washing the mirrors of the development side. and. It was good, but she had six kids. She needed a hobby, and in 1993, my dad found her one. So here we are today, almost 30 years later. Wow. Yeah. And so, did um, working with the family, how does that work to delineate roles within the family? When I worked at on the Marble and Granite Company, I was more sales and marketing, and my brother was more in the shop, managing what happened in the field and knowing the mechanics of it. And now that I'm gone, he does all of it. But how do you kind of categorize what roles? Because I know there's a lot of crossover. Um, well, you know, like I said, it's a lot of balance. Yes. Um, I work with family. I live with family. Um, the job side, I've always been behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. I've always watched the money, made sure the money was in the bank. Um, I work a lot with the placement of the models throughout the world, placing them with agencies and managing th that side of their career. Uh -huh. And then Jeff always did the marketing oh, and the dazzling, yes. <laughs> you know, and the dress up as Audrey Hepburn and Michael Jackson, and he's amazing at that. And we kind of just knew our roles. Um, mm -hmm. We didn't have any boundaries. I don't think there's a lot of boundaries when it comes to family. Especially uh, <laughs> with Jeff and you, right? I mean, what Jeff wants, Jeff gets. So, um, but no, he's doing what he wants right now, and he's swimming the, in the oceans from Galveston to California, so. It's good, but it's fun to be in a family business, but it's not easy. But I think today I'm so fortunate, especially in this world and this economy, to be able to do something that I love. And oh, I consider it a hobby. So it's like when you, like you said, some people turn their side hustle into a career. It's like, yeah, it's a hobby. If you can do that, turn it into a career, why not? Because you're waking up happy every day for the most part. And the other thing that I think is so unique about our town is, um, A, that you could have a farm in our town is pretty amazing. So I grew up in Fort Bend County and so many people around me were raising wildlife and um, like, not wildlife, raising steers or pigs or whatever for FFA. And then we could go play golf or tennis or something. So I think that also is a great exposure to kids to show them all of it. Because it's not just looking like this every day. It's no. doing the work and putting the hustle into it. I don't wake up like this. My children can attest to that because in the mornings we wake up and we put our feet onto the ground and do a little bit of grounding with the earth. And you know, my husband's super afraid he's gonna come home to some goats and some kissing alpacas, like I said. Um, but we live in the city of Houston, so technically we don't have chickens. We just have a couple of extra tiny dogs that I got it. Okay. Yeah. You don't have them. We okay. don't have them. Okay, good. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's a good, we started the kids off in a um, very earthy granola school, so we've just uh -huh. continued that education within our family and our home and our lifestyle and just trying to keep our community within. And your husband's European. He's Dutch. He's from Amsterdam. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. I met him at a bar. 
I walked up to him and said, hi, call me if you want to. Gave him my business card and walked off. And he did. And two wow. weeks later, we went on a date. And, and then you... I texted my best friend that night and said, this is the man I'm going to marry. And she said, you're crazy. And he told me he was moving to Europe six months later. And so he proposed a year later, and we lived in Europe for five years in Hamburg, Germany. We traveled a lot. It was just us. No kids, no friends, no family. It was really, really just us. And it was perfect. Still pretty is perfect. So Amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you guys are so fun. Um, I <laughs> find that the best relationships, and a therapist said this to me early on, is autonomy with a connection. That people can be completely independent individuals on their own, but then together they really connect. And I see that about you. Like it's interesting, like from the group that you guys have let me become a part of, it's like the husbands and wife, we, we can divide and then we can come back together. And I think that that's kind of a long-term oh. thing that adds value, especially with strong women that are business owners and that are strong-willed about what they, have a real vision about what they want. And it's not just about what the man wants. Definitely. He's very supportive. Um, I could not do this journey at all without him. Every day he reminds me that my glass is full and if it's not full, it's half full, but it's never empty. And he's continuously reminding me that. And it helps me get out of bed every day because it's not easy. I mean, we all look beautiful right now, but we all have our struggles. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's a constant reminder that it's going to be okay. And we've been married for 15 years. Um, I don't see us going anywhere but up together. So I love that. And then another big part of being a Houstonian is philanthropy. Um, in other cities, sometimes they get together for just events, but it seems like all of our events for fashion are tied to philanthropy. Definitely. So that's also a difficult place for you because everyone's saying, well, it's a charity event. Can you give me the models for free? I know. And how? Yeah. And you're like, oh, well, I am not a 501c3. <laughs> And these women have to eat. This is their occupation. So talk a lot about a little bit about that balance, because I know we probably get five requests a week for an auction item or a donation. And we definitely try to support the community as in many ways as we can, um, small to big. There's a handful of charities that we do um, hold close to our heart, mm -hmm. and um, with donating models or supporting the events. I mean, we try to do half of what we do in billings a year, we try to do a quarter to half almost in donations. Oh wow. So it could be anything from hiring the bartenders to serve champagne, a mail with a shoe tray, someone passing out information about human trafficking on the streets, right. um, you know, anything like that. Um, but it's important and it's good for our kids to see um, because, I mean, we see the homeless community growing and growing and growing. and you know, if you can do a little bit to help. Um, we try to do activities with the children, you know, sacking lunches to pass out things. Um, but just being a part of it is nice, but I can't walk up to you and ask for a free handbag because it's my birthday and I can't go to Central Market to the butcher and ask for a free steak. So <clears throat> a discount here and there, but we do try to do enough for the community. Yeah, and it's, it's, it is a balance and there's so many, it's like every charity is worthy. So it's just a matter of figuring out where your heart aligns. And it's been hard because we haven't had that chance to really be in the trenches for a while 
And so we've been doing things from afar and so many charities have suffered, but I do love that I work with search homeless shelters and we're doing a lot to take down some of those um, areas, not take them down, but offer alternatives to it for people that want the alternatives. And I um, work with the women's home and I know you've done a mm -hmm. lot and we did the renew, redo with That's the right. pre-owned clothes yep. and walking the runway mm -hmm. there and working with Lenny and Tamara. And that was just, um, there's this consciousness now and I feel like you've always seen it. You have an amazing collection of vintage bags. This is one of the motorcycle Balenciaga. It's just one of the classic amazing. But people are really looking at the world and about sustainability and looking at the impact we make. And let's talk about that versus American versus European ideas of fashion too. Well, I think sustainability versus fast fashion uh -huh. Um, people need to understand it's really easy to go to places like Zara and those places um, but sometimes supporting them they have a bad reputation for child labor or things uh -huh. like that um, but you can find other brands to support whether they be high-end or local <clears throat> and they have longevity and you're supporting smaller um, but when it comes to high-end stuff I think the quality is there and they usually support a lot of great organizations um, as well as <clears throat> they usually align themselves with design schools and those type programs um, like here in HCC with my brother Jeff doing Little Black Dress that's not a high-end design or anything like that but the two that just align and they support each other to bring awareness to whatever it might be um, and I, I love that I was a part of that for I a know few that's years. how we first met yes and I am um, I was just so passionate about these young designers and what they what they created was really incredible work and it's just so hard because I feel like fashion and being a doctor are similar like um, when you're a doctor, you don't, we hear sometimes doctors don't know how to manage their own businesses. They know how to be a doctor, but they don't have they that. They know how to operate. And the same with a lot of great fashion designers is that they struggle with how to do it and make it a financially successful and not just be a side hustle. Most designers don't make it because they don't have the finances. It's not because they don't have the skill. It's because maybe they didn't meet the right person at the right time or they just didn't have the finances. I mean, you watch Project Runway and those, yes. and you see those at-home interviews where they come from, and you know if they weren't on that show, or if they didn't meet the right person, they never would have gotten picked up. I mean, look at Christian Seriano. Look oh at where gosh. he is now. It's and he incredible. started on that show, and he tells everyone he's so thankful for that. And now he's, you know, high-end couture designer. He's got, uh, home design, home decor, all that, and it started just from a little tiny, you know, program, just like what we do here in Houston, just like that. So and you've moved offices. We recently moved offices. Uh, we're in the same location since 1993. That must have been an an effort to pack everything. Was it emotional? It was emotional. Um, it was a walk down memory lane. Like I said, this is a family business. My family's been doing it together since 1993. Wow. So it was packing up photos of our grand uh, opening party and seeing photos of all of Houston's favorite people from the past and that are still around today to all the fashion shows and the philanthropy we've done to the success stories we've 
managed. Um, it was it was hard. Moving day, I thought I was making the worst decision of my life. And then the, I was sitting in the new office all by myself. It's a beautiful space overlooking downtown. It's just really beautiful. You'd think you're an uh, agency in New York or something. And I was sitting there all by myself, and it was perfectly still, quiet, an amazing day. And it was like kind of pink over downtown. And I just happened to look over at this column, and I knew everything was going to be all right. It was a drawing on the cement column of a bearded woman with boobies. And I oh, said, I oh, my it. God, my mother just said she gave me her blessing. She <laughs> gave you a wink. She gave me a wink, and she blessed the new space. So. You have to come see it. I think we have some really exciting endeavors ahead of us. We're trying to be more creative and community driven. Um, the new space is perfect for pop-ups and yes. supporting a few markets. So we're going to try to do a few of those on the weekends and see how it goes. We're right by Sawyer Yard, Summer Street, B&B &B Butchers. There's so much to do around us. It's walking to a lot of stuff. Wow. It's really great and it's very, very community driven over there. So it's perfect for us. And we're excited to have you soon for something. Yes, I love that. And it's just such a part of your DNA and the way you connect with people is through the community and always giving back. And um, I'm, you've helped so many fashion designers in Houston and around the world. And then let's talk about some of your clients because you have international clients who are working with you and tell us maybe one of the journeys or a couple of the journeys we represent about 300 models and actors all around the world mm -hmm. um, we're just a local agency here in Houston small boutique agency we do everything from the runway shows for Saks, Nordstrom, Tootsies to the nonprofits. Um, we book a lot of commercial work with HEB, Dell Academy, Francesca's, Netflix, um, independent films, larger films. Houston's amazing. We've gotten very lucky in the past few months with all these studios moving to Texas because yes. of the pandemic, major studios. Um, so we've been very fortunate with that and we're watching it grow. Some of my favorite people over the years, um, it's probably one of Sherry She. We represented her sister first, and but she was more uh, book smart, still, mm -hmm. still beautiful. And her dad would always go to every booking, everything. She started at, with us when she was 11, mm -hmm. and then at age uh, 16, we placed her with IMG Models Worldwide, and now she's the number one model um, on the runways and all the shows. And she's doing all the campaigns. She's done everything from Tom Ford to Yves Saint Laurent, um, Mark Jacobs, and many, many more. <clears throat> but they all don't start that way. You know, she yes. came from a great family that moved to New York with her. Um, some models and actors, they start from not so humble beginnings, or this is what they need to give them something to look forward to. And we've been able to, <clears throat> you know, work with some people and really get them out there that to provide a career and a sustainable career to get them, whether it's off the streets or off of something that's not so good like drugs or they dropped out of school and now they're <clears throat> a model in New York, an actor in Los Angeles and really, really doing well. Um, we represent the Gold Power Ranger, Jordan Fight. That's a lot of fun. My kids are always asking for autographs. <laughs> always inviting him over through Instagram and he's like is this you I'm like, no it's one of the tiny humans I apologize 
Uh, but no, it's a lot of fun. I'm very fortunate because when you see them on the TV and you see all the success stories, it's like, ah. I was a part My of that. My team did yeah. that. Like, we did that. We were a part of that. We are a part of it. You know, we're going to continue. So it's nice. It's very, very rewarding. And let's talk about a little bit about um, the people who run agencies who are, um, or it's not even people who run agencies. I'm a big advocate to stop sex trafficking. And a lot of um, uh, traffickers use modeling or acting as a lure to bring in women and boys and, um, and ask them to take pictures and then edge them towards things that are more provocative that becomes exploitive. As a parent, or as even a young person watching this or someone who wants to get in modeling, what would you give as recommendations so that they can be more careful and protect themselves through that journey? I'm glad you brought that up. Um, This is a serious conversation and it happens in every industry to be honest. Yes. But because we are just like such a beautiful, over the top, yes. you know, on TV, in the magazines, in the campaigns, in this, everyone wants to do it, so it's easy to lie about it. If there's one piece of advice I could give to any model and actor aspiring to do this, is just check your resources. Mm-hmm. Ask people around, how long have they been around? Do they have reviews? Um, do they answer the phone when you call? Yes. You know, is it? Is there even a phone number? Is there a phone it? number? Is it like yada 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 at yahoo.com? You know, not saying Yahoo's a bad email, but is there just not a business email? Right. Um, so just do your due diligence. Um, there's a lot of opportunity for models and actors, and we're there to help you. So you know, call us anytime. But definitely do your homework because there are people. I mean. Anybody can go out there and say something. I'm trying to teach my kids daily. Don't go to the kid with the lollipop and the teddy bear. And, you know, it's the exact same thing. Just because it's a casting couch, you can be lured with anything. And so it's really important, just like anything, do your due diligence. If you're interviewing someone, wouldn't you check their references? Maybe do a background check. Find someone through social media and ask them their experience. I mean, we've been around since 1993. We've got lots of people that can say things about us, mm-hmm. positive, maybe not so positive, but you know, the reputation stands for itself. So I wish, I hope that you can do a really good job cleaning this mess up with human trafficking. I know it's really important to you. I'm slowly getting more involved into it and I appreciate you bringing awareness to it. Such a scary, scary, it is, and even um, like it's almost, and we were talking about in a meeting this week that to call it human trafficking sounds like they're going and taking someone and abducting them. Uh-uh. And it's really a, a better word might even be the exploitation. Exploitation, grooming. Yes, um, because our kids through social media with the promise of fame and likes quick fame and likes yeah. are being exploited and that's such a fine line there between that and between being a professional model and actor and so many people want it so bad that they're not investing this time into researching and finding and being comfortable and I do um, I do applaud the, the country that we're talking about it more I mean look at Weinstein. I mean, he was 
that was a respected professional company and Huge. to be brave enough to stand up and to be consider um, coming forward and I just um, at Episcopal yesterday they had a woman that um, was the first woman to ever be featured on the cover of Time magazine for um, associating date rape with her um, journey and it really inspired Bella that she came out and shared her story and she could see her as a strong successful woman and that these kids can see that it could happen to anyone and it could be at any time and that just because someone's in authority over you does or somebody knows someone that you still have to be careful and so that was the other thing I was so touched about with this model that you were saying is that the father was there because I feel like sometimes these kids go off mm -hmm. and they don't have and they're young and they're impressionable and they don't want to disappoint someone and without the parent there so and that's like a big part of your journey as being an agent is like helping them to know what's safe and all of that. I'm fortunate because I came from a very family-oriented family, six kids, parents married um, over mm. almost 50 years. Um, and my mother would not let any model under the age of 18 travel as a model without a parent or if they couldn't do it without a parent, she just wouldn't let them travel. She got a lot of flack for that, mm -hmm. um, definitely, because it's, you know, holding careers back. But maybe someone wasn't mature enough or too naive. Um, my daughter herself, she would probably walk off with, you know, a cute little dog and a lollipop. Um, so I can imagine. But fortunately for a lot of these people we do represent, they have, you know, great families that support them. And then if they don't, then, They've got the agency to support them. Uh -huh. um, so I'm lucky because because of my job I and my family, I've been able to push those values into the people we work with in the business, I think. No, I think it's so important. So let's talk um, about fashion. Trends come and go, and you see even what's on the runway versus what people really wear. Mm -hmm. And with our lifestyle, we go from one minute of being at a huge fashion event to the next minute, like I'm climbing up and down on the, and I'm I'm the one in our family that picks up Grace Kelly's dog poop. And I'm sure you're doing the chicken poop too. Mm -hmm, the fertilizer, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. So like, how does that work with your wardrobe? Like, what do you choose? Because we're at a fashion event every week. We could buy every day if we wanted to. How do you choose what goes in your wardrobe and what you let out? Uh, a lot of things I have are from my mother. Um, yeah, I don't shop a lot. I'm not a big shopper. Uh -huh. When I buy something, I plan to keep it for a long time. Uh, my friends joke about, I live in a 2,200 square foot house. Oh, so it's very European. Where it's you have very to European uh -huh. and you have to live moderately yes. and conveniently. I can't have new things coming in all the time. So when, mm -hmm. we, when I purchase something, I do it because I know I'm going to keep it for a while, or my mm -hmm. daughter's going to use it, or mm -hmm. whatever. A lot of things I've inherited. Um, I don't buy jewelry for myself. My f parents have gifted me things, or my husband does. And I love all of your great bracelets. That's Thank such you. an alley, chic, cool girl, boho. Journey of classic. the jewelry. Yes. Um, 
my jewelry definitely tells a story. Every piece has come from somewhere. Not one piece has come with an apology ever, and I won't and I ever accept a piece for an apology. Uh -huh. if my I will, Rob. You can give me <laughs> apology gifts. Because <laughs> you get to apologize a lot, my love. My friends ask, but why wouldn't you accept the piece of jewelry? I'm like, I don't want to remember where that piece came from. One time he, uh, it was for a business meeting, mm -hmm. let me include, um, but it was at a place called Susie's Show Bar. Mm -hmm. And this was when we were living in Germany and it was in a place called Rapabon. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like the red light district of Hamburg. Uh -huh. And I was preparing for my mother-in-law, who's one of the chicest women I know. She's beautiful. She's Dutch. And she was arriving the next morning. And Martine still was not home at 5 a.m. <laughs> so around like, 7 a.m. <clears throat> and his mom was arriving at 8.30, At 7 a.m. he came home. And I was like, where the heck have you been? And he's like, I brought you this t-shirt. <laughs> I don't even want to know what it costs to get that t-shirt to entertain the clients. Um, but anyways, his mom came the next morning, and when she arrived, I opened up the door with a bouquet of flowers wearing my Susie Shobar t-shirt. So, but, yeah, anyways. Um, so, back to what, how I shop. I don't really shop, but I do try to consign a lot of stuff. I buy things that are used from, like, my good friends like you or Salvation mm -hmm. Army and Goodwill. Try to repurpose things, give it a second life, you know. And of but, local designers, who are you? Oh, there's a few. I mean, Amir is pretty fantastic right now. His stuff is amazing. He just won an award. FGI, nominated yes. for FGI New York. Yes, yes. which That's is pretty Fashion Group International, which correct. you've been a big supporter of. Yes, and Jeff uh, and I have been since, you know, the get-go. And that's for uh, young people coming through that are Yep, they're up-and-coming designers. It's um, supporting through the schools and the universities. Mm -hmm. um, most of the major cities have an affiliation. Mm -hmm. um, if you're interested in looking into it yourself, you can check out FGI.com, Fashion Group International. But mm -hmm. it's really great. It's supportive. They have great community events, um, very supportive of you know the local designers mm -hmm. as well as local stores and such. So, yeah. And I, um, I started buying from him when he was in high school. And now he's in New York, and he just keeps growing. Keeps growing. And um, and of course, Chloe Dow. Chloe Dow's amazing. She's yes. wonderful and has a beautiful new store at MKT. Um, I also, you know, I miss um, a few people like David Peck and them. Uh -huh. uh, hopefully, they'll start, you know, adding more collections back. But yeah, there's some cute babies too coming out of the universities, so it'll be interesting to see how their little pocket collections come out. Oh, I love that. So, authenticity. You meet people every day. You've been around Houston society and charities since 1993 mm -hmm. and seen people. And the interesting thing is people come and go and there's some ebb and flow, but there's some people that have been around and. And just being around, I guess, doesn't mean you're authentic. But like when you meet someone new, because you're meeting people all the time, mm -hmm. and everybody wants a little piece of Alley Shell, how do you know who to let in? And what what are some of the things that you feel make 
you believe someone's authentic. I know energy is a big part of your journey. Energy and the gut is huge for me. I definitely think the gut's going to tell you most of the story. So if you just sit back and listen, you can learn a lot, digest it, and then take it from there. Uh, my father's a very private man, so all my life he said, if you've got this many friends and true friends, like mm -hmm. who can you call if you get thrown into jail? You know, that's a friend. <laughs> Not the person like, hey, can I borrow a handbag? You want to meet for a wine? Like, who <laughs> exactly. can you really? Like, who can you really? So Lots you have, of friends like that. <laughs> yeah. So I have a very close group of friends that mm -hmm. I can call at any time. And I also have those friends that you want to go get a margarita and, yeah. you know, dance on bar tops. Which is um, still that. That makes me purpose. authentic. Yeah. For sure. Um, but at the end of the day, I have to wake up being me. Yes. So I'm very true to myself and with that it's not easy because I have so many influences, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's the riches or, you know, the he said, she said, um, or how do you? It's gut and I think you're right that it's really listening to what people say because oftentimes we, I feel like I used to focus on what I wanted to hear. Mm. Don't look for the answer. Yeah. Seek and, it out. Uh-huh. Yeah. Let it come. And um, time and not falling too quickly for the shiny object because a lot of time the shiny object doesn't have the depth Bites and you breath. in the booty. Yeah. To back it up. But I mean, it's something we do every day when we meet with people to buy their product. As much of the authenticity of the product is like, where did you buy it? What's the story? Because most people that have a Birkin bag or a Cartier Love bracelet they're selling, there's a story there's with a story. it. It's not just given. Even that's a, a misconception I think of people that have nice things is that you have so much it's not meaningful. Mm. Most of the people I know really remember and value every handbag they have, every piece of jewelry they have. And maybe that's just because that's who I'm uh, putting energy out for and that's what I'm getting back. Well, I'm glad you call me a friend with that description. But um, it is, um, it's true. It's very true. Um, you don't have to let everybody in, but you uh -huh. can allow those to surround you. I learned a lot from my friend who does human design and it's kind of just the, study of the energy and the chakras and things like mm -hmm. that. Um, when we did it, it talks about friendships and personalities and things mm -hmm. like that. So you really, in the heat of the moment, whether it's business or friendship, you can kind of understand how to manage yourself a little bit better, whether mm -hmm. it's um, how to control the answer or how long to wait to respond. You know, like for me, I try to sleep on it before being emotional. Mm -hmm or react. Um, same thing with friends. If my gut doesn't feel good, you know, I don't have to process that energy. I get to choose how I process it and mm -hmm. how I absorb it. And if it doesn't feel right, I just let it go. Same thing with a back. <clears throat> yes. When it feels good, it feels good. But I'll be honest with you, I have bought almost zero of my own handbags. Does Martine buy Martine them? Martine buys them. My Martine, mom used to buy them all the so time. Yeah, so when it comes to jewelry and handbags, every piece I have tells a story and came from somewhere. This was my mother's pendant for 40 years. She never took it off until she died. 
Yeah. So meaningful. And I love the story about your coat. Will you tell us the story about your coat? Uh, we travel a lot meeting with agents and clients in the larger cities all the time. It's mm -hmm. just part of our business. My mother and I used to travel all the time. Um, we used to scout models for Model Search America and travel 50 cities a year and go to New York all the time to meet with the agents. Um, we would take about 10 to 20 models at a time to go scouting and try to place them with agents, but we'd also have a really good time <clears throat> with one of our dear family friends, Jean Roberti. She's amazing. She's amazing. One She'd of the most, be a good podcast. She'd yes. be amazing. She's got the most beautiful skin of any woman I've ever met. Yes. She's the most Natural beautiful beauty. woman on the runway. She was a model for Neil Hamill Agency uh, many, many years ago, and she's still a very good friend. But we went to New York together, had been client meetings all day, ended up at the Plaza Hotel, which my mother always had to go. And the we bar were just nuts. there a month ago. It's or two months. It's, it's amazing. So beautiful. Magical. It's always it's magical. No matter, timeless, timeless, same I love look, everything about it. How many years it's been there? For sure. But we went there and had a few Cosmos, not enough food, and uh, rolled our way to Bergdorf's. Which thankfully is literally a roll away. Literally, you can roll <laughs> across the street. And Jean pushed us both, <laughs> like a train. And we rolled ourselves onto the shoe floor, and Jean said, you have to have this coat. And I agreed, I had to have this coat. So my mom was there dumping out her purse like this because she couldn't find her glasses. She couldn't find anything because the cosmos had blurred our visions. <laughs> and so the sweet, sweet man at Berg, or yeah, Bergdorf's was getting through her wallet like this and then that. And then the next morning we woke up with a beautiful Dolce & Gabbana coat and I still have it. And it survived my times at Southwest Texas. I it survived it. and I still wear it today. I love that. Yeah, that was over 20 years ago. So beautiful. Yeah. My mom, uh, my dad bought my mother a Dolce black coat with the leopard interior and Forte de Marmi and um, not that long ago, but in, I believe it was tw uh, 2000, the okay. year 2000. And it's still just as lovely. And I think that um, hopefully I'll be able to fit in that coat for years to come <laughs> but that's the other thing there's sometimes a, sli a size differential from the yeah. years <laughs> I have a closet full of things from my mother and my grandmother and some of them I'm like what did y'all do remove rib cages like so tiny and then there's other pieces I can fit granted they're kimonos moomoos and house coats yeah Pucci but uh, they still fit but I'm holding on to maybe some of these pieces maybe rework them or something for my wedding, I wore my grandmother's wedding dress uh, for part of ours. So yeah, it was fun. And um, you guys um, are planning to go back to Europe this summer, hopefully. For sure. We're now that, planning to go yeah. back. Tell us a little bit about um, the differences you see and what you see in Europe that you would like for us as Americans to adopt. The biggest thing, I lived in Germany for five years. Mm -hmm. um, it was the first time out of the country for me to live. Uh, and if it wasn't for pink stripes, I never would have left, but he's worth it. Um, the biggest thing, and I still say to it, is Europe and Europeans enjoy point A to B. They don't mm -hmm. have to go A to Z without enjoying the middle. If they're going to go for a coffee, even if it's to go, they're going to go take it to go and sit in the park 
on a bench. They got a bottle of wine and a baguette on their lunch break and they sit in the park. Like They're not like with their to-go cup on the phone, distracted, not enjoying the moment. Um, so I went from being distracted, not enjoying the moment, to complete standstill when we moved to Europe. Martin traveled all the time uh, when I moved. He was gone at least half of the month. He did a oh, wow. projects in India and Spain. I mean, just everywhere all the mm -hmm. time. So when I moved to Europe, I got off the plane, and two days later he said, okay, I want you to meet my friend downstairs. He's got a cafe, and then that's that, and I got to go for a week for business. So I was in Europe by myself. Did you no speak friends. German at the time? No. I can order a glass of red wine. Mm -hmm. I can get a pack of cigarettes, you know, things like that. Now I can speak more. Uh, fluent bar talk. I can't course, do the grammaticals, yes. but right. um, yeah, same thing with Dutch. I speak Dutch pretty okay. Um, but and are you <clears throat> teaching your children with a whip? Yes, because they don't want to learn. They don't want to learn, and Bella it's not didn't easy. Bella did want to learn Spanish, but she now is like, She's, I'm so glad he forced me to do. I know, but when I mean, you hear my husband's name and last name. I can't even pronounce his last name. For, Girl, shucks, I, I didn't even take wrong. his last name. I'm still Shell. Because it's taken 15 years and I still can't pronounce it. So can you imagine my kids trying to speak the language? Yes. The I and the J, the I, the I, cle mm -hmm. and the fle. It's not very but easy. But at least they, when they're younger, they can learn to do that with their throat yeah. better, maybe. Because I feel like we moved to Paris for three months when Bella was three. And she learned how to do that guttural French thing. I don't know. I think, you know, they really want to learn it. Just like... And then you got it. Exactly. You know, so, but they don't want to. Okay. Yeah. It's, a, it's interesting. But I do love that. And I think it's so true. And I was just saying that to a friend. Is um, I've shared that Bella's been going through some health issues. And there's challenges on the business front every day. And we can choose to focus on what we think about every day. Good. And I was just in Colorado. And I cried every day I was there for a few hours but then when it was time to go and be social I didn't cancel and I put on my I call it putting on my big girl panties and I went out and I enjoyed and I and I think that Europeans are more adept at that than Americans are so I would agree with you that for I'm sure. trying to incorporate that hey you're a great life coach uh, you are continuously happy and you're spontaneous and so much fun Aww. I mean the world needs more of you I'm appreciative like Martine and I said to you earlier you remind me that it is not easy and anxiety sucks but if we can just focus on the good and we have so much surrounding us that's awesome so much I mean we're in the city of Houston and it's flourishing and it's growing and all these events are happening around us you have this beautiful store I have what I have going on, you know, if we can just focus on that, then who knows what we can do next year. Amen to that, girl. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm so excited for more fun adventures. For I've sure. learned so much about you, feel even more connected. As well. And I just love your energy and your joy, and thank you for sharing it with us. I love you, and thank you. Please keep doing uh, Wacky Watch Wednesdays. We are, girl. I put it on my personal Instagram and on Facebook, and we are gonna be showing up every week I check it I t and I laugh and I love it and it makes my day like it seriously gets my day going cuz I'm like oh my gosh can I just be half as happy as them 
<laughs> sometimes though, even though we're living the authentic life, I love this quote too, fake it till you make it. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes if you smile and laugh and you just pull yourself out by your britches, you might actually have fun. Hey, I have to fake it till I make it. I'm not an interview person <laughs> at all. My mom paid to put me through Dale Carnegie at too young of an well, age. Well, she paid well and she so got her like, money's worth. Well, you're very kind. Yeah. Thank you for having me. All right, guys. Hugs and kisses. See you at the top.